Welcome to Chasing Three Hours, a podcast about what runners are chasing, why they keep pushing themselves, and what keeps them curious. I'm Josh Peterson. Today's interview is with Nozima Arapova, a runner I met when I paced a half marathon last September. Not long after this, she'd run in the Indianapolis Marathon, her second of the year. We discussed that, why she ran a third marathon in January of this year, why curiosity drives her in and out of running, and a whole lot more. Enjoy today's interview with Nozima Arapova. Nozima Arapova, welcome to Chasing Three Hours. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. So excited to have you here. Uh, I know that you've listened before, so you know how I start every conversation by asking my guest about their most recent run. It looked like it was going to be an outside run earlier today, but you ended up running on the treadmill. It was a little icy here in Omaha. Yeah, it was a little bit icy. I think the snow is still melting, so there was some ice on the road. Yeah. And ended up running on the treadmill. Super easy, 30-minute run. Just kind of still easing back from Houston. Yeah, that's good. How's, how's you, how do you feel like your body's holding up after uh, a nut? What's that? Two marathons in the last what three or four months now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I feel really good, honestly. Like I think my muscles were sore maybe like for two or three days after mm-hmm. Houston. But usually my coach, he always gives me like a week of a break from yep. running, which is great because <laughs> uh, otherwise I would keep going. Uh, yeah, but otherwise I feel really good. I and feel like. And your coach is Jesse Davis, yeah, who my has coach been on the Jesse. podcast. How did you get connected with him? Uh, I th- it was through the co-worker. Um, one of my co-workers' uh, husbands works at Creighton, uh-huh. and Jesse Davis' wife works at Creighton. So that's how we got connected, and we just got rolling. He's like, I, I met him February last year. Okay. And uh, he, I was kind of like in the preparation for St. Louis Marathon, for my first marathon. And he kind of like guided me through that. And then afterwards, like the big block was preparing for Indianapolis. Very cool. Well, we will uh, we'll talk about those. Uh, before we get into kind of your running journey, you were the first person uh, in my in my short time doing this podcast that knew me from the podcast. So I was I was pacing the Heartland Half Marathon back in September, and it was pretty early. I think we were like going over the bridge, yeah. and you were like, "Are you from Chasing Three Hours?" And so, uh, you know, given my day job, I've had you know people recognize me before from from being on sixteen twenty the zone. But you were the first, and I think you actually might be the only person who knows me from the <laughs> podcast in real life. So I, I don't really know what if there's a story here other than to say thank you because that was such a cool moment for me, and it's been really fun getting connected with you over the last few months. Yeah, thank you. It was amazing, honestly, because I recognized you by your voice. Oh, really? Yes, because I listened to your podcast because Jesse Davis, he uh-huh. was on the podcast, yeah. and I was like, I think that's Josh Peterson. That's yes, awesome. Yes, and you paced amazing during the half. That was really fun. I did not know what to expect going into it. I hopped on a, like a, a few different uh, boards on, on Reddit, just kind of, essentially it was the question that I was going to ask, hey, what would you recommend? Um, yeah. And it was essentially... A, kind of, I guess, the things that I did. So you you yeah. were one of a few people who said, like, thank you, did a good job. And I was just like, thank you to Reddit, because Reddit yeah. was just like, be uh, you know cheery, let them know if, like, puddles or anything weird is about to happen, and yeah. just try to stay as, as, you know, on pace as possible. Yeah, you you and Luke. Luke yes. Andrew, yeah, you guys both paced, and you did an amazing job. That's honestly. awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Houston, because that's mm-hmm. your most recent race. How, yeah. how, how did that go for you? What I know what your goal was going into it. How do you feel like you uh, you did running that one? I mean, uh, honestly, it was a little bit of a short training period going into Houston. It was eight weeks after Indianapolis. So going into it, I was texting my coach looking up for 
any race coming up. And I was like, I want to really want to do Houston. And I want to do it for fun. Mm -hmm. Of course, as a runner, (laughs) when you say something for fun, like, uh, and Jesse, he's like, yeah, absolutely, you can do it. Uh, my intention was just to do it for fun in the beginning, but of course I want to PR mm-hmm. <laughs> because all of us want to PR. Of course. Yeah. And, uh, then just going training by training by block, uh, me and my coach realized that I can go sub 335. Mm-hmm. And that's like a Chicago qualification for my, so I'm like, yay. (laughs) So uh, the training went really good. I met like I've been hitting all the paces and stuff. So I was really confident going into the race that I can hit that goal. And uh, I mean, the race week, like I was ready mentally, of course, like nobody likes the taper. (laughs) Never. It sucks. Yeah, it sucks. I, I don't like it. But anyways, going into Friday, was the race was on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to fly out on a Friday. Mm-hmm. And, and my flight was at 3, p.m., at 3 p.m. And I get a text at 10 a.m. that my flight was canceled. <laughs> That's when we had the Omaha blizzard and stuff. And uh, yeah, that was a little bit nerve-wracking. <laughs> yeah, but I was lucky. And I was texting like throughout the whole thing. I was texting my coach. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, do I drive there? Like, tell me what to do. And uh, he recommended a flight to St. Louis. That's my family lives. They live in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. So that flight was still going. So I immediately bought the tickets to St. Louis because there was a flight the next day from St. Louis to Houston. Mm -hmm. And ended up staying in St. Louis. And my dad ended up coming with me as well, like to support and cheer me on, which was amazing. And ended up coming on a Saturday, like at 2 p.m., and the expo was closing at 5 p.m. So <sighs> was cutting real close. Yeah. But uh, thank goodness we made it. I picked up the bib and it was then start like eating like a little bit of carb loading mm-hmm. and stuff. And uh, I don't think I carb loaded enough for that race, yeah. honestly. <laughs> yeah. I think it's one of the learning points, honestly. And uh, uh, going into Houston, I was honestly ready like the race morning i ate my breakfast i was dialed in i knew that i can hit sub 335 mm-hmm. like from all the trainings like the marathon pace felt super easy yeah and jesse told me to like go with the pacers start stick with the pacer throughout the whole time and see how it goes and of course like uh, the once we started about probably first six miles all i could think about was uh, I really wanted to go to the bathroom to pee. <laughs> it was such a nagging thought. I oh. did pee before, like, yep, the start yep. line. Oh, but yeah. I really, I was thinking that I needed to go, but then it went away. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was like, the body is so weird. It is. Yeah. I, I'm always scared that that is going to happen. I think I hit the porta potty just to go uh-huh. pee, like, probably four or five times before the race starts. Every yeah, time I'm like, exactly. this is going to be, because I just never want to have that happen. As as exactly. my as I've gotten faster and faster the last few years, knock on wood, uh-huh. I still haven't had to during a race, but I'm just so, so scared that it's going to happen at some yeah. point in time. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> it's like I got to go 10 times before yeah. the race, yeah. but uh, it went away. And then at mile 10 or 11, I was, I was still going with a pacer, but all I was thinking about is like, why is this so slow? <laughs> I was like, I'm just getting bored in here. So I kind of like went like ahead of the pacer a little bit uh-huh. and I was feeling really good up until halfway mark and I was still feeling pretty good at halfway mark. But then things start to go get hard. Yeah. I think like starting mile 16, I hit really like I hit a wall really hard. 
And then, like, going into probably mile 16, 17, that's when the pacer caught up oh, with me. No. And that's when I was like, okay, Nozima, you cannot <laughs> let him go. <laughs> Just keep going. So I stick with the pacer. I, like, start consuming more gels than I intended. Initially, mm. I brought six gels with me. Okay. And I brought one just in case, one extra one, because you have to. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up, like, uh, consuming more gels than I intended. And they provided goo gels on the course. Uh-huh. I've never tested goo gels before. What do you What do you usually use? I use Huma and Ucans. Ucans was something new that I've been trying. Uh-huh. Yeah, I really like those. Yeah, and they provided humor on the course. I'm like, okay, I really need the humor gels. <laughs> I need to uh, take goo gels. So I've been taking goo gels and like Gatorade. Like at some miles, like once I start consuming the gels, like I kept going and going and I start uh, going ahead of the pacer. So that's been nice. I'm like, okay, I think I can do it. But every step was so painful. And the thing is, I think um, around after halfway mark, my toes were hurting. Because it's my first time trying Saucony's Endorphin Pros. Mm. And my mistake was because I only put like 20 miles on them. Yeah. And the size was a, of the shoe, I guess, was a, a little, little small. Bit, a little small. Oh. I'm used to naked vapor flies. Uh-huh. But I don't think they have the same sizing with mm. Saucony's. So that paid off. Yeah. My toes were really blue by the end <laughs> of it. And I, you know, Josh, it's like amazing how you mentally give up so early. But your body just can keep pushing. Yep. Like, I have no idea how I crossed that finish line because a lot of it is just a blurb. Yeah. Yeah. But it's been an amazing experience. Yeah. So what are the lessons that you learned from that one? And, and again, I mean, that you ran, so you did two in 2023, right? Two in 2023 and one in Okay, so you've done three essentially in the last year. So yes. I imagine that you have learned a lot of lessons from each of those individually and then mm-hmm. in the aggregate. What, what do you think is the lesson that you take away most, though, from Houston? Yeah, that's a great question. So the Houston, I think I've learned a lot of the things that like a lot of the things went wrong in Houston Mm -hmm. and it taught me a lot of patience Mm -hmm. and like I've never had any travel plans canceled on me. None of the flights were canceled. So it was a really stressful situation. So now like moving on, I think like I can handle a lot of those things. That's great, right? Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, I know that the lead up, it's always so stressful. You want to you get the bib and then you want to put your feet up as exactly. long as possible. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, you certainly never want to have to deal with travel delays. Exactly. And so, yeah, that's no storm. You're probably watching yeah. the... Normally, we're always watching the forecast for the race destination. You were probably yes. watching the Omaha forecast a little bit more, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was a little bit scared, but it ended up canceled, but it was a great life lesson. For yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, let's go all the way back. So you are originally from Uzbekistan, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what ended up bringing you to America in the first place? Yeah, so my parents, my mom, they want, she won a green card back in 2007, mm-hmm. and we finally moved to the States in 2012. Okay, so yeah. you've been here a little over a decade. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we moved to St. Louis. My mom got a job there, and my dad also, like, he still works in Uzbekistan, but he also has some businesses here, so he frequently travels back and forth. And uh, uh, we, we, I went to high school in St. Louis, then I finished St. Louis University there, So and then I ended up in Omaha to come to UNMC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does your running journey go all the way back to Uzbekistan, or is that something that started over here in America? Yeah, it actually started more in America here in Omaha. So if you take me back in Uzbekistan, I was never like exercise person. I was a chess player. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Yeah, since I was five, I, pray, I played uh, chess professionally. 
Yeah, participate in a lot of like city championship, uh, Uzbek championships. I qualified for world championships. So I played world championship three times. Yeah, so I was a chess player. And I played chess up until medical school. I was also on the chess team at St. Louis University. Uh, but then I med school came and that kind of <laughs> went away. Do you miss it? I miss chess. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, the mental strategy of it that it just taught me a lot of things like patience, like mental strategy and stuff. Yeah. Stuff that you can apply to your running, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. I would, I, so what, what can you take from chess that you can apply to running? I think the discipline and the training. If you put in your hours, if you put in good training hours and you you do everything what the coaches tell you, mm-hmm. you honestly will see successes. For sure. And that's what I miss like the most about chess, like all those training sessions that we did back in Uzbekistan with all the coaches and like how we got to travel like for different competitions and stuff. That's what I kind of, it applies to my running as well. Like, I love how, like, if you put a good training block, you go, you can go and enjoy the race. Mm-hmm. You can, you flourish that. Yeah, it's, you know, I've been following you on Strava essentially since uh, the, the race in September. And I always come away impressed by, I, I love your mindset and how you, it seems like there is a, I put the work in and I hope that I will reap the rewards. But you, it seems like you have a general belief of if I do it, it's yeah. probably going to be good at the end of the road. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the most about any type of running, the most one of the things I really like is training. Like I love the training. I love the grind. Yeah. Yeah. And not everybody feels that way, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Have you always felt that way about running? Have you always felt that, that you enjoy, you know, not not the carrot at the end of the stick, but but everything else that comes before that? I mean, right now, so far, yes, I think I enjoy the training process, mm-hmm. yeah, and all the benefits of it, like the medical benefits of it, like the physical aspect of it. It's just so mindless, honestly. Yeah, and I, and so you mentioned it. You're in med school right now, and that was the other thing is I, you know, so when I meet someone and I want to follow them on Strava, I usually just, you know, we'll search their name, and eventually uh-huh. I'll find their Strava. Yeah, I'm finding all sorts of links to a variety of things that you have done or that you are currently doing, and I came yeah. away... Insanely impressed just because I don't know where you find the time to do this. And I wanted to ask you about your relationship to running, you know, given what you're also doing in med school. Mm -hmm. It has to be, you almost have to approach running as with it being so positive for you because if you're going to allow that to stress you out and you already have the stress going elsewhere, I can't imagine what that would be like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I am in this MD PhD program at UNMC. It's both medical school and PhD, it's an eight year program. Two years of medical school, four years of PhD, and two more years of medical school. I'm six years into it. Awesome. So I have two more years left. But throughout medical school, like, we learned all the benefits of physical activity and diet. Like, to your, all the long-term outcomes. Like, it's so good for you. Mm-hmm. And I've been always going to the gym, but running was like kind of like, okay, maybe twice a week I'll be running and stuff. Yeah, so I kind of slowly started incorporating it. And then also like whenever you run, you can listen to a podcast like Chasing Three Hours. There we go. Yeah, and you can also, I've been listening to a lot of medical podcasts. That's how majority of my like learning came. That's and, awesome. So, and it's just like it relieves stress and it's also, and I can learn while I'm running too. So I love that mindset because I've told people before 
before, you know, when I mm-hmm. wake up, I, I do my do some show prep and then I go for a run. Yeah. And normally I'm listening to sports podcasts because mm-hmm. whether it's a local Nebraska based one or a college mm-hmm. football or an NFL, I'm always thinking yeah. of how can I use this for mm-hmm. the show. And so yeah. that you're able to learn about what you are also doing. That's yeah. incredible. What What is OK? So I guess you just kind of hit on it. Did running then come because of going to med school? This is a, re- a very recent addition in yeah. your life. That's yeah. incredible. So what what you know you you said exercise diet why running instead of swimming or cycling what what yeah. what was it that brought you to this sport yeah, uh, very great question, Josh. Yeah, so I have to think back to 2019. Uh, my first race was a 5K. It was a color run here in Omaha. And I did it with two of my friends, Natalie and Alex. And that was a lot of fun. And that was kind of like my first baby steps introducing into running. I wasn't that serious of a runner after that. I was still going to the gym. Yeah, I like hit the gym five to six times a week. And then slowly, like after COVID pandemic... Uh, I've been slowly like um, one of the co-workers, her name is Ananya, she ran a half marathon before. So with her, we talked a lot about running and stuff. And she's like, maybe you want to sign up for like a 10K race. So I signed up for a 10K race. Heartland hosts a 10K. So I was like, okay, let's see how that goes. And back in the day, I did not know what I was doing. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And I'm like, it would be nice to like run a 10K under an hour. And I ran Heartland, and I hit my goal. Awesome. So then I was like, okay, what's next? Now I'm like, I'm actually hooked. Like, again, reminds me a lot of those chess tournaments. I'm like, you start winning. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, then next, of course, was half a marathon. So come November, I think, 2021, it was like there was a turkey trot. Mm-hmm. I signed up for a half there. So it was like September to November. That was my preparation period going from 10K to half marathon. And honestly, like I did look up some like plans going from 10K to half, but all those plans were so confusing because I didn't know what a threshold workout is. Uh-huh. Like all the language was so unfamiliar to me. But I still like start slowly, like I'm like, okay, maybe I'll start hitting mileage here and there. I still had no idea anything about hydration, nutrition and stuff. So I was carrying a vest with me, like a water vest. So come turkey trot and I ran it. I think I ran it in under 215, Mm -hmm. which was my goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that went pretty well. But then after that, I was like, okay, I want to run more. So after a half marathon, I think the next week, I'm like, I'm going to go and run 15 miles. And like, I think I didn't give my body enough rest. Sure. Definitely. And that's when I got a stress fracture. Oh. Yeah. So, and I find out about it in January when a lot of my colleagues, they're just like, you're limping, Nozima. <laughs> you got to go to a doctor. Yeah. And I realized that something was broken there because when I roll in bed at night, I'm like trying to move my foot and it hurts. <laughs> Yeah, so it ended up being a stress fracture in my tibia. So that took away uh, some running away. I think I didn't start running until like maybe May. Of 2022? 2022. Okay. Yeah, maybe even like end of May or June or something like that. So and But I wanted to come back to it because mm-hmm. I missed that feeling of like going on a race and training again. Mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of cycling, swimming, and elliptical in the meantime to keep up with my fitness. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to sign up for Heartland Half. Mm -hmm. In 2022. In 2022, September. Yeah. And I started like more serious training for that, I think in July. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, okay, we'll go back to it. And my goal was to go under two hours. 
And this time around, I knew a little bit more about nutrition, but still not as much. And I ended up running it in like 156 or something. I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Like all the, again, all the training, all the hours you put in, you can flourish it during your, after your race. Mm -hmm. So then afterwards, I was like, okay, half marathon, <laughs> now it's going to be a marathon, of course. And a week after it, I was like, I was looking up where the marathons are at, and there was a marathon in St. Louis in April. And I was like, my family's there, they're going to be there to support me, I'm just going to sign up and see how it goes. So I did sign up, and I started slowly like training. And still- Are you looking up plans at all at this point, like a marathon plan? Yeah, I did, like, but I was trying to do my own thing, like, but recreate it from the training plans. Okay. Yeah, I had, like, this very nice Excel spreadsheet looking at my mileage. Now I can, I saw that 10% rule that it's, like, you increase the mileage only 10%, then you start to decrease it. Then also, like, 80% easy. Yep, yep, easy 20. Yeah, 20. 80, 80 easy, and then, yeah, the 20% moderate or hard. Uh-huh, yeah. 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 And uh, that's how I started doing it. So I'm like, up until about uh, January, I started thinking, I think I need a running coach. Mm -hmm. Because at the time I was like, I'm just going to go and beat you. (laughs) And uh, uh, that's when I found about Jesse. And he like kind of, because he built on my training plan that I already did. So like bring it back to my uh, St. Louis marathon race. So um, he adjusted a lot, a lot of the trainings. The thing is, I was running a lot of miles and a track at the gym that was 100 meters. Oh, my gosh. So a lot of my, like, 25K, 27K runs were on that track. And then I was talking to him, and he's like, you're not injured? I was like, no, I'm fine. He's like, I think we should get you outside or on a treadmill. <laughs> And the thing is, I had this fear of treadmills. Yeah. Yeah, I was scared that I'm going to fall off a treadmill. But I slowly, like, got introduced to treadmills, and now I like treadmills, honestly. That's awesome. At a a time like this that we have had in Mm -hmm. Omaha, to be able to like them is a good good trait to have as a runner. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And uh, then it was leading up to, he figured out that my fitness was about sub-350 pace, so, and I went to St. Louis Marathon hitting that goal. I was with a pacer the whole time. I didn't realize that that course was hillier than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was a great experience. And then right after the finish line, I was like, okay, what is next? <laughs> yeah, that, I, that's such a, a mindset that so many of us have. Uh, let me ask you this. What, what type of coach is, is Jesse? What kind of coach is he? He is honestly very amazing coach. It's very self-driven on an athlete. He provides you, like, he gives you a mileage goal. He gives you suggestions on the paces. But it's up to you if you want to do that run or not. Mm-hmm. And honestly, he's been very flexible. Like, if I didn't hit some of the paces, he's like, it's okay. We'll come back to it. Like, one workout, never going to break you. And he's been so supportive, especially, like, if I have hard time. There was a hard time, like, during my training block f- coming from St. Louis to Indianapolis was having some hard time in August and uh, of 2023 and September because I was not hitting my paces. My heart rate was very high and stuff. And he's like, okay, we need to make adjustments in here. So he's been super flexible about that. And he always, one thing he always told me, if you have any pain, if you think something is wrong, please let me know. 
And whatever he says, I honestly do. Like yeah. 100%. I listen to him because he's been honestly really good and supportive. I was going to ask you, what kind of athlete do you think you are in terms of having a coach? And Because I don't mm-hmm. have a coach, you know, I'm all just, yeah. but I don't have anyone to respond to. So I always yeah. wonder what that would be like where it's like, do this. And I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this though today, coach. Uh-huh. How, how do you feel like you are with that? I honestly do whatever he tells me to do. It's like, you know what I love? We use Final Search, and that's where he puts a lot of my workouts. And I love it because I can see on my calendar, like, Tuesday, that's going to be this. I'm going to hit these paces. So Monday, I have to be careful on my easy run. Take it really easy so I can plan for Tuesday, like, my uh, workouts. And uh, honestly, it's been great. Like all the trainings have been very flexible and stuff. And I just, I honestly follow. I do not like going like off the books. And honestly, it's been good because he also puts brakes on me. Mm-hmm. Because if without him, I honestly would have like, okay, if last week I ran 20 miles, this week I'm running 20 miles. Yeah, but he puts in some brakes on me, which is good. And I always like, he gives me like 30 minute run. I, I'm not doing it 30 minutes. I'm like, 35 minutes? <laughs> yeah, just trying to do a little bit more than he prescribed. Extra credit. Extra credit, exactly. Let's go back to, as you're as you're getting into this originally, and you're like, I'm doing a 10K, and I'm doing a half mm-hmm. marathon, and, and now knowing you and, and knowing what you just did at your most recent marathon, there's obviously mm-hmm. a lot of natural talent there, given that you just started <laughs> running a few years ago. How, how much do you think that that played into the enjoyment early on? I know I ask this question a lot of like, do you, yeah. did you like running because you were good at it, or uh-huh. did you like running because you liked running. I'm asking you a variation of that question. I wonder what you'd say. Yeah, um, I would say that uh, I don't think naturally I was a good runner. Even as a kid, I was like, I remember the gym class. I'm like, ah, gosh, I hate running. (laughs) But I think if you put in the work and if you put in all the hours, like all of it will be paid off. Yes, a lot of the running has to do with genetics, but a lot of it is the work that you put into it. So I think I'm just really good at being disciplined and just like following that. And that's how it starts to pay off. I'm happy you said that because I found I I mentioned, you know, when I when I first searched for you uh, back in September that I stumbled Mm -hmm. upon a story. And one of them was about you receiving a competitive fellowship. And this was from March of 2022. Uh So a couple years ago, there was a quote in here from Justin Mott where Uh he says, among a number of standout skills, Nozima Arapova is above all curious she routinely <laughs> seeks information on complicated questions, quickly building knowledge and asking the next question. Her interpersonal leadership skills build trust and foster strong calibrations across fields, which will serve her well in her goal to be a, and I'm not going to try to say the word, physician <laughs> scientist. Yeah. I, I read that and I was like, that seems like how she goes after running, the curiosity mm-hmm. exactly. and, and the idea of if I work hard at this, there will be rewards. So it seems like mm-hmm. this is kind of how you're naturally built in life. Yeah, I'm just always curious about because uh, uh, just like, okay, curious about hitting sub 330. I'm like, what's next? Mm-hmm. Hitting sub three? Uh, what What is next? I'm just curious, like, what's the limit? Because I think a lot of it, we put ourselves, we put a limit on ourselves. But it goes beyond that. Like, why are we putting limits? Let's just see the waters. I'm curious where it will lead me, this this whole journey. More to come from my conversation with Nozima Arapova in just a moment. But a reminder that I will once again be running in the Chicago Marathon. I was able to do so back in 2019. I was able to do so in 2022. Both of those times, I was able to raise money for St. Jude. And I am doing so again. Families 
never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food because all a family should worry about is helping their child live. That is the ethos of St. Jude. And one of the incredible things that has happened since St. Jude opened more than 50 years ago is that they have helped treatments invented at St. Jude have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. They will not stop until no child dies from cancer. I have a goal this year of $5,000, honestly more than $5,000, and we are getting very, very close to 10% of that goal. I included a link in the show notes of this podcast. Would love if you would be able to support my fundraiser as well as St. Jude. I appreciate those of you who have done so, and I appreciate those of you who will do so in the future. Back to my conversation with Nozima Arapova. I want to go back to St. Louis, um, mm-hmm. as, and you're like, I, I want to do this. My family's there. As, as you're getting into this, as you're running 10Ks mm-hmm. and then half marathons, and suddenly you're training for a marathon, what, what's your family's reaction to all this? In the beginning, there were a little bit concerned because I like to do if uh, I like to do everything A plus. Uh-huh. Yeah, so they were a little bit worried. But once I started explaining to them like the strategy, how it goes, like how you have eighty twenty rule. How I have a coach who like monitors everything, how I go about my nutrition and hydration. They became very receptive and supportive about that because they saw there's like there's actually like um, I've been thinking about it a lot. Uh And like there's some actually like medical science involved in all of the training towards the marathon. So they've been incredible supportive. They've been to St. Louis Marathon. They've been to Indianapolis Marathon. My dad came to Houston Marathon and it's been a lot of fun. And I've been also like trying to drag my parents and my siblings to come run with me. Yeah, my brother even, uh, in, when we were in Uzbekistan this past, during New Year's, I even dragged my brother to run with me. During the summer, I dragged my sister to run. And then my dad runs a little bit here and there as well. Very cool. How did yeah. that first marathon go? I mean, given that you ran two more in such a short amount of time, it seems like it went well <laughs> enough. How, how did you How did you leave that one feeling about the marathon as a race and an idea moving forward? Um, I think that marathon went well. I would say uh, I hit a wall. Of course, you hit that wall at 20 miles. And I still want to discover how to not hit that wall. <laughs> But I think it was painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really painful. The muscles were sore. I, th- I think I was sore for at least a week after that. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I hit whatever the coach prescribed me. He's like, sub 350, go for it. And I think I finished at 349.16. Wow. Yeah. You pretty much nailed it then for you. Yeah, it was it was great. I also met one of my friends now that I ran Houston with him as well. Uh, one of, He's a doctor at the University of Arkansas. Okay. Yeah, so I met him there, and we've been chatting as well, again, creating that network and connection, too. So, And I ran Houston with him as well. He was racing, too. That the, the You said earlier, you know, you're always thinking about what nec- what's next. How, uh-huh. how quickly, after uh, St. Louis, are you thinking, okay, so, so now what do I want to do, where do I want to go, and what time do I want to have? Uh-huh. I think once I cross that finish line. <laughs> I, yeah, St. Louis and Indianapolis were both of those races were crossing the finish line. I was like, okay, I really want to go for another marathon. Houston, like probably if you would ask me right after Houston, I was like, nope, never again. But then in a week I was like, no, I'm signing up for another one. Uh, have <laughs> yeah. you picked out what your next one is? 
Yeah, my next one's going to be grandmas. Awesome. Yeah, June 22nd, 2024. So you have plenty of time. Yeah, plenty of time. I think there's like more than 21 weeks left, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where I'm hoping for BQ. That is awesome. Yeah. And what is a BQ for for, uh, for your age group right now? Uh, sub 330. Sub 330. Yeah, but I always have to have that buffer. Oh, yes. But gosh, yeah. spe- I mean, who knows what the buffer is going to be for 2025? I, yeah. I was at a, a party on uh, Friday, and someone was like, so you're running Boston this year? Uh-huh. I was like, no. And uh-huh. I, exp- I tried to explain the process. And yeah. then they were still a little confused. I'm like, so like, there's this time, but because so many people applied, so uh-huh. yeah, let's let's hope that it's not another eight or nine minute buffer. But I'm guessing it, it probably will be. Yeah, I'm mean, interested uh, to see what they do with it long term if they're going to end up, you know, changing it. I yeah, feel like they're going to have to. Yeah, I think that's what they've changed Chicago Marathon qualification because when I was just looking up after St. Louis was the qualification for Chicago, that was like sub 340 for my age group. Mm. But now they moved it to sub 335. So I bet Boston they'll start moving it as well. It, it seems yeah. like the the post-COVID running boom, mm-hmm. which I, I feel like we're both a part of it, has uh-huh. just changed everything. Where you have yeah. a lot of people that got mm-hmm. into it. You know, I, I, I started mine at, right before COVID, my running uh-huh. journey. And mm-hmm. I think as you just get into it and you put in all that work, you uh-huh. know, eventually the goal, it seems like a lot of us, it turns into Boston. And yeah. so I'm guessing a lot of us at that kind of level where it was like, all right, it's going to be Boston. And it's created this incredible bottleneck. Uh-huh. And so yeah. I'm just wondering what the end, not so much the uh-huh. end game of times changing, but what uh-huh. it's going to look like, you know, like 10, yeah. 15 years down the road with, with people like us who got into it in, uh-huh. in a very specific moment in time. Yeah, I was actually looking up on Find My Marathon all the Boston qualification time history going back to like 2014. Yeah, it's been changing quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty crazy. So you finished St. Louis. You <laughs> immediately, I assume that you had already signed up for, for Indy. Had you signed up for Indianapolis by that point or was that something that came after that? No, that came a little bit after that. And uh, um, yeah, I think we... I, th- I think we always have like a debrief meeting with my coach right after um, after marathons to see how it goes and what's going to be next. And Indianapolis came right after it. And also it was a good choice because my coach was running it. Yes, he yeah. was. And I wanted to ask you about that. I, I, I did ask you about lessons from Houston. What was the <laughs> lesson that you took away from St. Louis, do you think? Uh, from St. Louis. It was my first marathon. It was painful, but I realized that that's the distance that I want to run. Yeah. Yeah. I want to keep running. Yeah. What, is, what is it about the, the full that you like maybe more than a 10K or a, or a half marathon? Yeah. I think because the marathons, like, even if you feel like not so well in the beginning, it can also, like, through the marathon distance, you can go up and down, up and down. But like a 10K, I feel like if you don't feel great from the beginning, it's not going to be a good race. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I really like about marathon. And it's just like pushing, like pushing through the wall, like see where the body will take you. Mm. Yeah, That's a good answer. So you end up signing up for Indianapolis. And as mm-hmm. you said, your coach is going to run it. And that's where, that's where Jesse yeah. gets his OTQ mm-hmm. uh, as well. And so what was it? What was it ultimately that drew you to uh, to running that marathon instead of one of the other fall ones? I think it was a little bit special because the coach was running it. Mm-hmm. And he said he spoke very highly about that course. Because he's and, from there. Yeah, he's from there. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, I saw mostly flat profile. So that was a win. And the weather seems to be nice there as well. So I was like, okay, we'll go there. And it's also like just right an, enough time to like complete a full training block as well. Yeah, although, gosh, the training for it was so long, I felt like. Oh, really? Yeah. What was it that made it feel long for you? I think it was, again, that Heartland half 
uh, I don't know. I did not do as well as I would have expected. There were just like some months, end of August and September. I was just exhausted. That was a warm day, if I remember yeah. right, going out for that. Because mm-hmm. uh, I remember finishing and there wasn't a whole lot of uh, whole yeah. lot of our pacing group that was with me. And I was just yeah. kind of looking around I'm like, I hope that I wasn't running too fast in this yeah. one. So, but it was, a, it was definitely a warm morning. Yeah. And uh, so that was late September and India's early November. Uh, that was yeah late October. Late October. But yeah, it was October twenty eighth. Okay, so you basically had yes. a month to go. So how were you mm-hmm. feeling at that point in time? You know, mentally, given that you know, as you said, your August and September maybe weren't going as well as that you would have hoped that they would have. Yeah. So I got shin splints like a week before Heartland Half. Oof. So I took like a whole week off, and thank goodness that uh, Jesse told me it's like yeah, take the whole week off. Yeah, because he's been, like, very careful. Because if I say it's like, oh, yeah, I'm good by tomorrow, he gives me, like, extra days. I'm like, yeah, let's make sure that you're good by next week. So uh, that's why Heartland Half was, like, it, w- it wasn't painful. Everything seemed fine. But, yeah, mentally I was a little bit broken down. Mm-hmm. But it's also because of I was writing my PhD dissertation at that time. I was so, going to say, how much was that playing a part in it, too? Yeah, that was playing a, definitely playing a role in there. And it was just a little bit stressful periods for me. But then afterwards, I was, I don't know what happened after Heartland Half. Like, I was hitting all the workouts. They've been great. Because, again, it's like you go up and down in training. Mm-hmm. And everything, I was hitting all the paces and stuff. And it just it was just a mental switch after, again, after all the... Um, negative experiences that I got. So what was the goal then? And what, what did Jesse think that you were able to do going into Indianapolis and what ended up unfolding for you? Yeah. So uh, the goal was to go sub 340. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and chop I, off about 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but, uh, and I started, I sticked with the pacer for about 10 miles. And the, after that, the pacer just disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was, there was only one pacer and I was like, okay, let's just keep going. And there was a girl, she was also like aiming for sub 340 and we were running together and uh, she like went off after like mile 21. Cause I was hitting a wall a little bit. Yeah. And I ended up running in three, 38 or 337 something like that awesome. yeah so and it was really special to see my family at the finish line and also jesse and uh, it was great like i felt i was smiling at the finish line it's just i pushed when i needed to push and everything went great so given how you said a few minutes ago that following houston that was the one where you're kind of like i don't really want to sign up for one right now yeah would, would you say that of the three that you have run that was indianapolis the most enjoyable like did you leave that mm-hmm. one feeling the best about everything Yes, I think Indianapolis was my favorite well, yeah. by far. It was so cool too, yeah. like because I, you know, I just met you. I just met Jesse a few months before that, and uh-huh. you know, at the very end of that podcast is when he uh-huh. threw out like I'm going for an OTQ, and so yeah. I was of course following him and following you, and uh-huh. then the pictures afterwards too of you two together, and it was like yeah. his special day and your special day. Yeah. It was just. You know, yeah. I, I plan on asking about running community and just community in general. But mm-hmm. I thought that that was such a real special moment. And I have to imagine it was for mm-hmm. you, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was so happy when he OTQ there. And it's like I also hit whatever goal he gave me. It was just a great day. Good, good. So yeah. I think I was surprised at when I, so we ran together Gosh, what a month ago? Almost a month ago now, and mm-hmm. it was before. This was before Houston, yeah. And so I don't think I had realized it. Oh, she's signing up and doing another marathon uh-huh. after she just did one at the end of October. Uh-huh. So when does Houston come on the radar for you, and why? I guess uh-huh. the question is kind of why do another one in such a short amount of time? 
Yeah, that's a great question, Josh. So uh, I was debating because I'm finishing up my PhD. I graduated in December. I still have January and February until I go back to clerkships, so back to medical school. And medical school will get a little bit more busy again. So I just wanted to do one more marathon (laughs) before I go. And Houston was on the radar and I was not sure if I want to like, and then I start discussing it with Jesse. I'm like, do you think it's going to be a good idea? And then the friend from St. Louis Marathon, yeah. Murat, uh, he's also, he's like, I'm running Houston. And then there was another girl I met, Nicole, at the Heartland Half. You were pacing her as well. Mm-hmm. We were in the group. And she's like, I'm running Houston Half there. So I was like, okay, I am signing up for this race. Yeah. <laughs> so now that you have done such a uh, so many in such a short amount of time, is uh-huh. that something that you think you'd ever want to do again, or was this because of what you mentioned and and how your your life is about to change again in a couple of months? That this was uh-huh. just something maybe you had to do now if you wanted to get all of them in. Yeah. No, I want to do more. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm so hooked on it. Again, I, going back is I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I'm curious where this journey will take me. I'm curious what's the limit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in there. I love that word. I love. I think limit is a. I, I think I probably said that exact word to my therapist before. Like, just try, mm-hmm. I. I want to find out. I want to find out how mm-hmm. fast I can go. Yeah. And there will be some day where I'll run my fastest, and mm-hmm. in the moment I might know it, and the in the moment I might not, yeah. and and you never know. Um, after yeah. that, I am speaking of curious. I'm very curious about mm-hmm. what a day looks like for you right now. Just given all of the work that you have to do, I just have to imagine that you have to be incredibly organized. And you're mm-hmm. are you like just trying to find pockets in your day where it's like okay. I have X amount of time, so that Uh means X amount of miles, but I also want to run easy, so I don't want to overexert myself for tomorrow. Uh What does that look like for you? So I usually, I'm kind of like a grandma, I swear. (laughs) Uh, I wake up at 4, and sometimes I have to push it like a little bit, like 3.30 side a.m., and then I like have my cup of coffee, I like study, I read manuscripts or something along those lines. Then I go on my run, go on an easy run, have a gym session, be in the lab by 8.00. And then just be in the lab until like whatever whatever experiments will take me. Because again, it's like research doesn't know it's time. Just like running, it's like you don't know the time uh-huh. that it will take you. So and then I just go about my day, and I have to be in bed by eight. Wow! So yeah. we'll have to get you off the podcast soon so you can go to sleep. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, you're you're doing more before you get to your lab that than a lot mm-hmm. of people are in a whole day. Yeah, that's incredible. That's what gives me like. That's the only time I feel like because then I get tired after lab and I don't want to do it. But that's the only time in the morning is when I can pause, I can reflect back, and I just can have that morning to myself. Mm -hmm. And I also, you know, the moments when you go run out the door like at 5 a.m. in the morning, everybody else is sleeping, especially during the summers. And then you finish your run and the sun rises just as everybody wakes up. Like those moment is like you cannot describe it in words. You have to experience it yourself. I think there's something especially about that I love about it, like a long run on the weekend on a summer morning uh-huh. like that where it's like yeah. I got to get out. I have 20 yeah. miles today. I, I uh-huh. want at least an hour in the darkness so I can yeah. take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. But you get home and it's like, first of all, it's like time for a huge breakfast, uh-huh. you know, yep. and it's just like that <laughs> feeling of yeah. I did all of that and, uh-huh. you know, half the world was asleep right now. Yeah. And I think it's a, it is a really special feeling. And especially, yeah, seeing that sunrise, whether it's on the run or just after, I think, I mean, there's very few things like it. Yeah, absolutely. Or like you said, 20 miles. There were like a couple, I think like two or three times where I had to complete my 20 mile run before 8 a.m. Mm. 
And yeah, that was pushing it. But I loved it, you know, because everybody's just waking up while I'm already have been awake for so long and I already completed my long run here. Is there ever a part of you, because I I know I think about this, where Mm -hmm. you're ever like, sometimes I wish I wasn't so driven with with running that Uh like... Why can't I give myself a day off? Like, do you ever have that thought? Or is, is the joy that you find in, in running, it just outweighs, you know, those feelings of it'd be nice to lay in bed for an extra couple of hours? No, I just, the joy of running, that's what really drives me. It's like, yeah, rest day. Usually my rest day is like swimming or something like that or like walking around because I can't just sit still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, after my long run, of course, I'm on the couch <laughs> for the whole day. But uh, otherwise, it's just the curiosity of running yeah. that's what drives me out of bed you, you mentioned a couple of times today um the the various people that you've met uh you know in your in your running journey whether it's uh-huh. you know people at the st louis marathon or someone at, at uh-huh. heartland and obviously we have gotten connected and, and you've been running with uh as i'm rocking the hat yeah. today the aac <laughs> we went on a run a yeah. few weeks ago and so there was a uh-huh. in that story that i mentioned earlier uh uh-huh. when you were awarded the the fellowship uh-huh. one of the things that uh, you said was as an immigrant from Uzbekistan, I found my home in their experimental uh, immu- immunology lab, uh-huh. um, and and I wondered if you have found something similar then in the local community and what mm-hmm. that has been like for you, um, given a, th- that running especially is such a recent thing in your life. Yeah, absolutely. It's also going back to experimental immunology lab in our division of rheumatology. Brian England is there. Yeah, there's also Tate Johnson, and they're also, like, incredibly good runners. Yeah, and through them, I also, like, met some of the other folks. I met you, Derek, as well, and I got involved with AAC, and, like, everybody was so welcoming. Yeah. And, you know, one of the runs, I think Cassie and Chris, they were trying to meet up for, like, a long run, and it was on a windy day, so they wanted to go at, like, 6 a.m., and I'm also a morning person. I was a little bit scared going into it because I was like, gosh, I'm slow and they're so fast. But they've been so incredibly supportive. Like they were doing their intervals at their heart paces and then they come back, loop back and come catch me. And we were running together. And then after that, I'm just like, everybody's so nice. Everybody's so welcoming. And it's been honestly incredible at AAC community that's, that's super cool yeah um it, you you just mentioned some other runners that you uh-huh. know that you know are doing what what you're doing or hope to do it yeah. what what is it about uh, your profession or your future profession you think that that yeah. brings runners in because you are not the first that's joined the podcast either yeah. and i have some future guests that i'd like to have and it's mm-hmm. a lot of the similar what what is it do you think about someone like you in that regard Yeah, I feel like we see a lot of the medical benefit of physical activity that it puts on the body. And I think that's what a lot of it is driven. And also a lot of medical professionals, are type A personality. (laughs) Yeah. So you kind of like similar with running is like you get to competitive, but it's also like not competitive with others. You competitive with yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're trying to to be better. You're trying to beat your uh, times and PR and stuff. I think, yeah. you know, as someone who was, w- grew up and, you know, mainly like playing like basketball, football, and baseball and was super competitive uh-huh. against the opponent, yeah. I, fi- I find this weird kind of sick, twisted joy in being competitive against like me. Like, I'm competitive mm-hmm. against me yesterday and I'm competitive yeah. against me in October uh-huh. and the previous sector. Like, yeah. I like, I'm so- one of those persons uh-huh. and I'm guessing you are too. I scroll through Strava and I'll see a run. I'm like, wow, uh-huh. that, that version of me was pretty good, but yeah. I'm better than that version of me. And I, I it's, a, yeah. it's a, again, it's a sick and twisted, but I really enjoy doing that. Yeah, I love doing that i reflect back initially like when i started my running i was on the i had fitbit 
I'm like, oh, gosh, Fitbit. Now I look back at it. And I just opened the program one time, and I was like, gosh, I was running like 11-minute-per-mile paces. And now looking back at it, I was like, I just ran a marathon in almost like 8-10, 10-minute-per-mile pace. I was like, wow, like just that in, so, in that amount of years, I'm like, I took off that chunk. Just reflecting back, I'm like, again, competing with myself to yeah. see what's next. Yeah, that showing up yeah. every day aspect of it. I saw a tweet from somebody today, a coach, and it's just, you know, it's mm-hmm. like you're not, it's not built over a day or weeks or even months. It's built over the years. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that, that you are certainly a testament yeah. to that, where it's like you look mm-hmm. back at when you started and then a year in and two years in and now multiple years after that. And it yeah. just, it shows because you're just stacking everything on top of each other. Yeah, absolutely. It was the same in chess. It's like you progressively just get better and better. Of course, there, it's you also have your ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you got to take those failures. Yeah, but in order for a long journey to your success. How do you think you are at, at responding to, you know, uh, whether it's a bad workout or a bad, a bad week, a bad month, like how do you, or a uh-huh. bad race? How do you, how do you think you are at, at, at responding to something like that? Yeah, those are hard, of course, but I always reflect back and thinking, I'm like, okay, this was only one. Like, now we have to move forward. Tomorrow is going to be a better day. And I, one aspect I really don't like doing is to just like, gosh, I like reflecting back and regretting something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so whenever even like if it's a bad workout, it's better than not doing the workout, so again, like I don't like regretting anything. I just have to keep moving forward. I have that goal, and I have to keep going towards that goal. I think earlier you, um, you, you know, you mentioned hitting the wall, and that's that's something that you're trying to to work out right now. Uh-huh. And I've asked you about yeah. these marathons. What are the lessons that you learned from them individually? Uh-huh. Is there like a broad lesson? Do you think now that you, I mean, you did three in such a short amount of time, and uh-huh. so it's like you're taking in a ton of data uh-huh. on on those. Do you yeah. feel like there's a broad lesson that once you get into grandmas and beyond uh-huh. that you think you're going to be able to take into it that that you learned from all three yeah absolutely i think i really need to work out on my nutrition yes same I, yeah it's just hard i'm like gels and then they say you have to consume like 90 grams per hour and i've been like looking i'm like oh, i'm only consuming like 40 45 yeah so i think nutrition going into i have to play with it more And that's what I'm playing to do with this training blog, to see how much carbs I can increase per hour Mm -hmm. and see what gels will settle good with my stomach. And I also think after Houston, I had like a little bit of arm cramps. So I'm like, I think I was consuming enough sodium, but maybe there, there could be a factor so, yeah, definitely, I think that would be one of the aspects that I need to work on. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, moving away from running for a moment, what, what are you hoping to do with your career? Like, when, when you get past medical uh-huh. school in two years? Uh, yes. Two <laughs> years. So, in 2026, what, uh-huh. what, are, what are you hoping to do with your life? Yeah, so I want to be a rheumatologist. And what yeah. is that? It's uh, you basically a doctor with your joints. You like study arthritis and stuff. So, I want to do three-year residency. That's internal medicine residency. And two-year two year fellowship. And after that, I want to be a physician scientist. So I basically want to do both, like, me- both see patients in the clinic and also do research. I want to have a lab. And uh, I would love to stay at UNMC, honestly. Yeah? Yeah, I, I was, love Omaha. I was going to say, you've been you've been all over the world. Um, yeah. uh, you know, you mentioned St. Louis, where you were born in Uzbekistan. You've lived here. Have there been <laughs> any other stops along the way? 
Uh, no, not yet. I've been traveled a lot. Yeah, but, that, that's yeah. been really fun following you on Strava because yeah. it's just like, oh, you know, that that's how I learned where you were from. And I'm like, this is so cool that she's suddenly yeah. running there for a week and then you're running yeah. here for a week. And it's just it's really fun to follow along. Yeah. It, it, there, yeah, there were a couple of runs. I was so excited about. I just came back from Amsterdam. Yes, yes, yes. That was so much fun. I was like, oh, to see all these segments, to see all the runners in there. It was just fun. Yeah. yeah. What 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 is the the community like uh, in your whether it's your home country or in some of these other spots that you have been at? Uh, they've they've had some gr- great community. It's been growing sport again. Yeah. Like I feel like that's everywhere. And I do want to hit up some of the runners there. I met some of the runners on Strava. Again, I love Strava. It's like basically like a Twitter, but for workouts. Yeah. <laughs> so I um, I've been following some and been exchanging back and forth. And I was looking maybe when I go back to Uzbekistan, I'll run with a couple of them. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to run with a couple of them because of the holidays they were traveling to. But I hope to go back and like see hit up some of those runners too. Very cool. What is your favorite part about running? I think the discipline. Is I'll put as number one. I just love the discipline that it puts out. And number two, I would say physical benefits, like all the medical benefits to prevent all the chronic diseases and stuff. And I'll put the community there. Like the AAC have been so incredibly supportive. And also, by the way, I carry my phone. Like on, during Houston Marathon, I was carrying my phone with me. And I was getting all the notifications <laughs> from Discord from our community. <laughs> and uh, Cassie or Derek, they texted, she just crossed the finish line in one forty six. I was like, okay, I got to keep going. <laughs> I got to keep going. You're getting the notifications about yourself. Yes, yes exactly. And the thing is, uh, that made me push hard like during a marathon like I just felt that all of these people are watching me right now Nozima you cannot give up right now you gotta keep going yeah oh that is so, so much the fun. community support has been truly incredible uh, absolutely couldn't agree yeah. more so I finish every podcast by asking my guests about what they're chasing it could be a literal time goal it could be qualifying for something or it could just be a feeling Nozima Arapova what are you chasing well, for right now, I'll say I'm chasing BQ, but otherwise I want to be a lifelong runner. That's yeah. a great answer. Yeah. Nozima Arapova, thank you for joining me today on Chasing 3 Hours. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Josh. Thanks again to Nozima Arapova for joining me on today's episode. Thanks to Ian Alio for production assistance, as well as music and sound design. Thanks to Riss for the cover art. Head to Chasing3Hours.com for more from me as I write about my experiences training for the 2024 Eugene Marathon. Email me at chasing3hours at gmail.com. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and maybe share with a friend as well. New episodes will drop on Friday mornings. Enjoy your long run this weekend. <laughs>